Welcome, listeners, to another Transformation Church Sermon Podcast. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God. Why don't you give Jesus praise one time in this place? He deserves your best. If you believe he's great, he is amazing. I love the scriptures that say that Jesus' title, one of his titles is Desire of All the Nations. Come on, isn't that an amazing title? He's the desire of the nations. And you might look out and it doesn't look like he's their desire right now. But somehow uh, that's his title and the nations don't realize it, but they are crying out for Jesus and for all that he is. And I'm just so thankful to be in a church that lifts him up high, that gets in his presence. And then, and then you saw that little clip about connect groups because that's really the heart of our church as well, connection and, and having relationships. And one, of the, one of the things that just stood out to me, she said, that's the really first time I had any friends in Tennessee. I mean, it's not about just don't, going and doing Bible studies and it's about connecting with God's people. I was thinking about that when, when we were singing that, that, that when I feel like I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded by you when we were singing that earlier. And, uh, and sometimes the reality of that is in your friends. The, re- the reality of that is in your connect group. It's like, where are you, Jesus? Well, I need you to get some people around you. <laughs> you know, the reality of that is sometimes Jesus is in heaven. And so, so if we're actually seeing that, when I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded by you. Well, I'm surrounded by godly people that have Jesus inside of them. And then I've got this strength. And it's really one of the foundations of our church. I know I'm in a series uh, called Foundations. If you are new to our community, we do a series or collection of talks that we really look at themes and thoughts uh, from the Bible. Jesus is our, our Savior. He is in relationship with us. He's not a principle. He's not a philosophy. He's alive and well. And let me just say this to you. He's here today, and anything can happen. Come on, somebody. I don't know what you need in your life. But he's the answer, and so uh, it is good to gather around him. The series Foundations, we're leading into our Christmas season, and we're going to have an amazing, uh, just, I'm, I'm going to be teaching uh, all through December on the thought and the series of just light, just Jesus being light, and that we need light, and that we are the light of the world. Uh, and on December 5th, we're going to have our uh, vision offering, and that'll be the first part of our series called Light. Uh, but until then, I'm going to just hit several thoughts. Last week, we hit generosity. Generosity is really one of the foundations of our church. And uh, come on, some of y'all really grabbed a hold of that message. They're like, man, people are actually giving at our church for the first time. Come on. And G- no, I'm just kidding. Not for the first time. You guys are such a generous group of people. It's such an honor to be, a, to be your pastor. And I, would, I wouldn't want to be at any other church than Transformation. I'm so thankful. Well, I think we're giving away like 50 uh, boxes of Thanksgiving uh, meals. to 50, We're feeding 50 families for Thanksgiving. And so come on. Thank you for that generosity is our heart. It's our privilege to be generous. And then um, this Christmas, we're actually partnering with a fa- uh, an orphan's uh, East Tennessee um, boys home where really God just kept putting on my heart, like just, just help, the, help orphans, right? I mean, it says pure and undefiled religion is to help, uh, you know, the fatherless and, to, and widows. And so we're going to help orphans in our, in our area, in our region. And so we're not even going to, um, we don't even have to ask you for anything because you've given so much and you're so generous. We're just able to supply for a large, for about nine different houses of people that, uh, really helping young men and young women. So thank you again for your generosity. Uh, this week, I want to just jump into the thought about just vision, just really talking about vision. I really think vision uh, has to be the foundation of a church. Like if there's no vision, the Bible says where, where there's no vision, the people perish or people cast off restraint. If you have a problem with restraint in your life, you have no vision. If, if you have a problem, like if, if there's an area in your life, like, man, I just don't have restraint there, it's because you don't have clear vision there. Does that make sense? When you get clear vision for your life, when we as a church get clear vision, then there's restraint, there's, there's strength, there's a direction that we go in. Any person that doesn't have vision for a future is bound to repeat their past. 
I think sometimes we, we don't get vision. I've been, I've been guilty, like, God, what do you want next? Or what does that look like? And if I don't get clarity and vision, it's easy for me to re- repeat mistakes from the past. I don't know about you, but uh, don't, don't lie in church, okay? <laughs> I think we all, we've all dealt with that. And, and we, can, we can go, okay, God, I need to see clearly for my life. And so vision is huge. Vision, a simple definition of vision is really just a picture of a preferable future. Some of you have a vision for a bad future. You got fear of what could happen tomorrow or fear of what could happen today. A vision is really a picture of a preferable future. And I want to talk about the vision statement of our church today. It's very simple. Uh, our vision statement is to make Jesus known so lives are transformed. That's it. We're, we're simple people. I'm a simple guy. And, and I think that, that we keep it simple. And I think that's one of the most important things to do is to make Jesus known. And that's what changes lives. And so we're going to look at some of that today. And I want to say this. When you, when you think about just us being together can I just say to you that the, the power of our church as we gather, the strength of our church as we gather, is not in the size of the crowd. It's in the strength of our unity. And, and the strength of our unity around a vision, the strength of our unity around a mission in Knoxville and around the world and, 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 and bringing hope to, to people, the, the strength of that is us being unified in a vision, and that unity will shake all of hell. I believe with all my heart that hell shakes when we get unified around a vision for the gospel. And so our vision is very simple, to make Jesus known so that lives are transformed. Here's what it says in John 17, 3. Jesus is speaking. He says, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God. Come on, he's the only true God, somebody. There's a lot of other gods being, being propped up, but they got to be propped up because they have no breath in their in their lungs. He's the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. That's eternal life. Sometimes we make eternal life so difficult. What is eternal life? That they may know him. Eternal life is that they may know Jesus and that they may know his son and they, they may know God. They may know his son, Jesus, whom God sent. If that's eternal life, then we as believers should be the most passionate and most driven to introduce people to Jesus. That it should be everything that we're about. If that really is eternal life, if you've got eternal life, then that is that you would know him and his son. That's eternal life. Uh, I, I think that we would know God and that we would make him known so that people could be transformed. And I think, let me just say this. First thought, if you're going to make Jesus known, you have to know him. And I just, I just yes, yeah, somebody said, help us, Lord. I think in this hour of all hours, we can have formulas, we can have church traditions, we can have built, but we got to hear God day in and day out so that we can go out and introduce a hurting, dying world to what the master, the creator, the God of the universe is saying in the moment. And if I'm going to introduce you to somebody, I got to know him. I can't know him the way I read books. I'm an ADD book reader. I don't know about anybody else. I don't start in chapter one and go to the last chapter. I'll open that thing up. I look at chapter 12. You know, I'll jump in, read chapter one, you know, get a little bored with chapter one, jump to chapter seven. Come on, anybody? That's why I'm in all, you know, like, she's shaking her head like, pray for our pastor. You know, I'm like just going through the, I don't, I play Bible roulette. No, I'm just kidding. I don't do that. You're like, give me a word, God. That's dangerous. Put your finger on it. And Judas went out and hung himself. Don't do that. You know what I'm saying? It's like, that is scary. Don't play Bible roulette, okay? Like, I, I think, but I, that's how I kind of read books. I, it's a little bit ADD, and someone will say, oh, and, and they'll talk about the book. I'm like, that's a great book. And I'm like, wait a minute, I didn't read that book. Like, I read, they're like, well, what part of it? I'm like, well, like, the index. It was awesome. 
you can't, if I'm going to know the book and tell you it's great, I've got to read the whole thing. I have to, if you're going to know God, you have to have firsthand experience. You have to know him. You, you can't just have a knowledge about him. I think sometimes we think knowledge of him is knowing him. It's not the case. Second thought, just around knowing God. Proximity doesn't equal intimacy. Proximity does not equal intimacy. And in our culture, it's so dangerous right now because we have so much proximity to people's lives, social media and Facebook and pictures of their families and pictures of their stories and, and what they did yesterday and what they ate last night and how they cut their toenails. And, you know, I don't know. And, and so somehow we think that proximity equals intimacy and it doesn't. I was talking with a friend yesterday and we were out and they were talking about this pastor in Miami and, and I've seen his social media and I've seen all about his family on social media and the pastor has a son or has a brother that's autistic and I've seen that on the social media and it's amazing posts and amazing the way the pastor treats his brother and all that. And so when the guy said, yeah, his brother's autistic, I go, yeah, I've met him. It just came out. And I was like, and I stopped myself. I was like, wait a minute, I haven't met him. I've seen him on social media. And I think the, the scary thing for us is that we've got all these abilities to think and be, be, have proximity to people, but there's no real intimacy in that. And we can carry that over into our relationship with God. We can carry that into thinking that we're around God's stuff and we're around Jesus and we come to church and we're around church and the Bible is on our nightstand and we're around that thing, right? And, and I think sometimes we just, we just go, okay, well, I'm intimate there, but, but I'm not, but not really. Come on, just ask your wives, husbands, when golf is on or football's on. You can be in the same room. You can have close proximity. Come on, ladies, ask him and tell him that you bought a new car during that moment when the, when the football game's gone. You know, I, I think we have to be careful to go, okay, God, I need to know you. I want to I know you. I need, I need to be near you. I need to hear you for today. What is your, what is your, what are you telling me this morning? What are you telling me today? What are you telling me this afternoon? Uh, I studied it. Do you know how many times we touch our phones in the day? <laughs> Come on. Take a guess on the average phone, the average phone user, how many times they touch it a day? 2,417 times. Now that, what about the top 10% of users? Come on, somebody. Top 10%. Any 10%ers in here? Any top 10 in here? 5,400 times a day. Notifications, dings, bings, uh, uh, statuses, uh, updates, notifications, uh, bing, ding, you know. Uh, one, that's that's 1.8 times per minute. Or if you're a top tenner, 3.75 times per minute. I mean, think about it. What if we were like checking in with the Holy Spirit 1.8 times a minute? What are you saying, God? Okay, what are you saying, Holy Spirit? Uh, what, what's the notification right now? 3.75 times a minute. Holy Spirit, what do you want to do when I walk into this job? What do you want to do when I walk into this scenario? What do you want to say to me right now? How, what is your word? Let me get into the word. What do you want to speak to me right now as I walk into this new interview or into this tough situation or into this family situation at Thanksgiving? Come on, help me, somebody. Please, God, let's don't talk about politics, shots, viruses. Walking into enemy territory. Oh, well, that's your family, you know. I need to be checking the status of the Holy Spirit in my life, not, not just what some pop culture ding notification is on my phone. Who cares about those reels? You don't know them. You're just, you just think you do. 
Oh, come on, somebody. We need to know Jesus. What does it, what does it look like to know him? I'm just going to give you one more simple verse, and I think there's three things inside this verse about knowing God, about knowing Jesus. In Daniel 11.32, this is an awesome verse. This is where they're in captivity. There's some crazy stuff happening in the planet. And, it, and Daniel says this, but the people who know their God, everybody say their God. The people who know not even God. The people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. The people who know their God, the first thought for for knowing God is this. It's very simple. It's personal to you. It's personal to us. It doesn't say that no mom's God. It doesn't say that no pastor's God. It doesn't say that no about church is God, and they sing some songs to, about Jesus surrounding them, and I go there, and it's kind of like a cool rock, you know, con- contemporary environment, and the song, Like It Loud, was really loud, and, man, that guy was getting wild. You know, not that guy, like, no, no of God. No, that no their God. That it's so personal, and it's this relationship that's personal. You ever had a relationship that ended that they said, oh, it's not personal, it's not you, it's me. Remember I had one of those? Like, like, well, you're experiencing something totally different than I'm experiencing this relationship because it's personal to me. You know, I'm giving my life to this thing. Like, yes, it's personal. What I'm loving on a whole other level is basically what is happening in a relationship like that. And so with God, it is very personal. It's this two-way infatuation. And, and hear me, when you experience him, You personalize him. You personalize whatever you experience. And so he is my God. He is my father. He is my creator. It's very personal to me. He saved me. He delivered me. He healed me. He did miracles in my life. He took me out of suicide and depression and addiction. He directed my path. He protected my life with his angels. He spoke to me. He verbalized our matter in life that I was his. He called me a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a son, a daughter, a friend. He gave me his name to conquer devils and, and demons and take territory. He gave me a blank check with his authority. And no weapon formed against me shall prosper. He gave me his blood to plead over the planet. He gave me a purpose. He took me out of purpose with no purpose and put me into purpose. I, it's personal to me. Is it personal to you? Is it just church? Is it tradition? Is it just, is it like I'll get to my Bible when I get to my Bible? Like he made me more than a conqueror. He set me apart. He said, let there be light. And there was light. He spoke into my darkness. Man, he, he brought me out of the pit. David said, man, he took me out of a chamber of echoes. David said that. He goes, you brought me out of the pit and set my feet upon a rock. What's the pit? A pit is it actually is translated chamber of echoes. What's an echo? A sound from yesterday that's not relevant today. Many of us live in a chamber of echoes, a, a sound of yesterday, an echo of the enemy trying to say things about our life. God took me out of that, and he can do that for you. I'm just, it's just personal. I think, I think it's, it's you, you, if you're going to know God and make him known, it's got to be more personal. I'm, just, I'm telling you that because I'm telling myself that. I'm telling myself that more than ever today as I'm trying to, to introduce people to Jesus and, and be the light of the world and in, a, in a dark and painful and a divided society. I've, I've got to make it more personal than ever. And, and, and here's the, the thing about you. You've bought into your story. You're an expert in your story. It's personal to you. And the more, listen, it's so important. The more personal it is to you, the more they're going to believe it. You ever, you ever 
You ever had somebody try to sell you something they didn't use, a product that they didn't use? They, I don't go to Earth Fair anymore. I used to shop at Earth Fair. I don't go there anymore. If you work there, I love you. You can talk to me after, but I don't go there. I go, I go to Whole Foods. Come on, somebody. That's, Jesus is at Whole Foods. Just the whole environment speaks of God. I, don't know, I, I, I used to go to Earth Fair. They, they would shame me. Earth Fair, I'd pull up in my 10-mile-a-gallon car, my diesel, and they'd look at me with nasty, nasty looks. All the Save the Planet people over there, and they would look at me, and I'd pull up, and I had guilt and shame, and it's a gas guzzler, I get it. And, they, and I would walk in, they'd look at me, you could feel it. And I'd go, it's a diesel. Here comes the diesel. <laughs> you know? One day I pulled up, and the guy that's over the organic produce is out there chain-smoking cigarettes. I'm like, my God! You're not going to push that organic crap on me any longer. Look at you out here smoking cigarettes. You don't use the product. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm guilt-free. You're not going to sell me that stuff anymore. I pulled up in my diesel just like, what's up? I didn't care. It, here's the thing. I didn't believe it any longer because I knew they didn't use the product. They didn't buy in. And the more you buy in, the more it's personal to you, the more it becomes real to your family and to your friends. And I know they might come against your story, but you're an expert on your story. It's personal. Those that know their God. And I, I, I could just stop right there and we could, we could pray about just knowing God closer. Tonight we have an encounter night. We're going to experience God. We're going to worship God. We're going to be on our faces and worshiping and experiencing Him. I promise you, He can speak one word into your situation and change everything as you experience Him, you personalize Him. Number two, very simple. It says, they shall be strong. So number one, it's personal to us. Number two, when you know God, you are strong. Amen. They shall be strong. The word strong is kazak. It's a Hebrew word. It means to strengthen, to prevail, to be strong, to become strong, to be courageous, to be firm, to grow firm, to be resolute, to press, to be urgent. It means actually to strengthen or prevail. The thought is this. If, if you're going to be strong, there's going to be some stuff you've got to prevail over. There's going to be some things that we have to prevail against to be strong. It actually means strengthen. I've got this little resistance band my son uses, and he's got a bad, weak ankle right now. And so he puts his foot in this thing, and he, he steps on it, and he holds it, and he begins to stretch it with his foot. And as he stretches it, he gets stronger. And, and what I want to say to you is, like, like, if there's no stretch in your life, there's no strength. If there's no resistance, if there's no fight, if there's no pressure, we like to say, oh, we're strong, but then we come into this battle and we're just these weak, complaining, social media platform-driven Christians that just want to talk about how terrible the context of everything is in the world. On, Can I just be honest in church? I love you. Can I just set that up front? I love you. But, but if there's no stretch, there's no strength. And I think that we're called to become strong. I was working out with a guy the other day, and we're doing sleds. We did it. He called the workout. He's like, it's good. we're doing 1,000 reps. I'm like, oh, my gosh. You pick 100, and I pick 100 each time, and we'll do that 10 times, right? And so, and so the last one was sleds, like pushing a sled, and we had to do 100 of them, and we're pushing them. And, and I, I'm thinking I can only do two, and then he does seven, and I'm like, I ain't going to be show. I'm going to do eight, you know, and then I'm going, I'm doing eight i got a little competitiveness in me, right? And he's, he's, he's coaching and challenging me. You can do more. You've got another one. We're going to make it to 100. And sometimes I could only do two, and he'd do seven. He'd get us over a hump, and then I would get reinvigorated, and I'd do 10. And, and there was this, this, this struggle. Can I just say there's more in you? You're stronger than you think you are. If you know your God, you're strong. Like we have to avoid the temptation of becoming these weak Christians. 
they're just tossed to and fro. There's no stretch. There's no strength. The guy told me the other day about a CrossFit champion, number nine in the world. We were working out, and he told me about it. He, when they do these, these clings or deadlift clings, they do for time and, and, and reps and all that. And some of you watch CrossFit games. One of the champions, he's number nine in the world, he said when he's doing this one exercise with the bar, he's doing deadlifts or whatever, and he's got his hand in, when he's resting, a lot of the guys will, will rest They'll take their time, the girls, they'll rest, and they'll come back to the bar. He says when he's resting, he never takes his hand off the bar. He says because the moment he takes his hand off the resistance, he knows that the bar just beat him. And that as he's in the battle, he will never remove his hand from the bar because it lets him know that he's conquering that, he's not giving up on that, and his mind's not going to quit on that. So he never takes, even if it's just one finger, he says, I just keep one finger on the bar. I think the moment we take our life off of resistance and struggle as Christians and off of the cross of Jesus, we begin to get weak in our, in our lives. I listened to one theologian, I follow him, he said this, he's a modern day guy, he said, he goes, uh, he goes, it's good that you take long walks and try to find yourself and practice silence and fast, turn off social media. He says, so does your yoga instructor. He says, he says I want to I hear about how splintery the cross is. I want to hear about you banging your chest saying, mea culpa, mea culpa, mea maxa, mea culpa. It's my fault, oh God, it's my fault, and you're everything. It's through me. I was rebellious and broken, but you demanded fidelity. I want to hear about how King Jesus diverted the plans of your life for you to obey and follow his purpose and his destiny, how you cling to the cross as a disciple. I just, I just think that we've, we've just become weak Christians to a degree. I, I, I'm talking to myself, too. Come on, somebody. I'm talking to me, too. Can I just say, like, we're, it's easy in America. I was listening to some brothers in Uganda pray over a friend of mine the other day. I'm like, I'm not even saved. <laughs> like, I'm not even a Christian. I mean, that's not true, but I was listening to these boys pray. And the guy posted about them. He says, he says there's 60 of them that, that pray every day of the week from, from this 11 p.m. to 3 a.m. In Uganda. And I, I'm just thinking like, oh, God, I'm not advocating for that. Come on, somebody. <laughs> but it would be awesome <laughs> to try once. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I'm, just, I'm not trying to beat you up at church. I'm just, I'm just talking about knowing God. It says that they shall be strong. Sometimes we forget that a Savior is only known in the, in the midst of needing saved. That a healer is only known in the midst of be, be needing healing. I think we want it to be so easy. I'm all for the benefits and blessings of God. I preach the benefits and blessings of being in relationship with a great father. I preach that all day long. I'm all for that. But I think there's a, there's a crisis in the church. There's a crisis in the house of God. I, I think that we just need to say, okay, i got to be a little bit stronger. I don't want to become weak and offended. We're so offended. We're so offended. I, I'm, I, get so, I get so offended. I'm so weak in that area. Whether it's with my spouse or with some, some, something else. I mean, I, I got offended the other day. There's a, there's a guy that called me up. I mean, I'll just be honest. Can I just be honest with y'all? Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't plan. This isn't in my message. I had a guy call me up the other day, a pastor in town. Actually, excuse me, 
uh, uh, not, even, not the pastor in town, but like a guy that is part of his church. And they called me up and wanted to come and look at our facility and, and do all and, and figure out. And the, the contractor that built the facility called me and said, hey, can, can, these guys, can this guy come? I'm going to put you in contact with him. And this guy contacts me. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like lead pastor can't even call me? Going to interrupt my day? <laughs> Send me some, some dude on his team? You know, I, te- I texted the guy. I said, man, I'd love to show you and this and that. And it's going to be awesome. And if I can't come on Monday, and, and I can't, but I can do it. At first I said, yeah, I'll do it on Monday at this time. And then, I, and then it, something came. I couldn't do it. So I texted back, I can't do it on Monday. And so no, the dude went dark on me. No, no, ghosted me. <laughs> I was like, I'm driving past the area that there yesterday. Just being honest. I'm talking about being weak. Being offended, driving past, p- driving past the area they're going to renovate as a little church area. The contractor told me about. It. I'm like, ah, dude, wouldn't even call me back. It's like it's like a, it's like three weeks later. You know, I'm like, I'm with my wife. I'm like, what's wrong with me? I start praying for their church to explode for revival. You know, I'm like, oh, God, save everybody in their church. Like, blow that place up. You know, with revival. You know, I just I just think sometimes like our hearts, we just get offended. Like, well, you know, whether it's our spouse, we wouldn't be conformed to the image of Christ. But when when our spouse wants us to conform, we're like, I ain't, I'm just I'm just I was born like this. The way I am. <laughs> Live with it. You know. I, I just, we got it. Let me, let me say this. This will be on the screen for you. I love you if you're, if you're listening online and you're that pastor that wants, you can meet with me anytime. It's amazing. <laughs> anytime. We're strong if we know him. A, a, comfort, a comfort gospel will cause unnecessary casualties in the kingdom. A comfort gospel just causes us to have casualties all around us. Because we get offended, we're too comfortable, and you know, you hear, I mean, we're, we're really, we're dead, right? In Christ, we're dead. It's Christ that lives through us. And I, I tell the story about, about uh, just casualties and, and being worried. Some of you heard it several years ago, some of you haven't, but about four or five years ago, my wife and I were in the Bahamas just together, and uh, we went on this boat ride, like this little excursion, and uh, we could tell the captain was a little inexperienced. He was about 19. He had a little skipper with him. It was about 12. We're like, man, this, couldn't, this might not go good. There's about 15 of us on this boat, and, and we didn't know that that company had a bad reputation for, like, safety. You know, we didn't know that. And so the year, we went back a couple years later, and they were shut down, sued, and under a different name because one of their boats blew up because of a gas leak, right? So that's the boat we're on. And uh, we head out into the waters, and um, all of a sudden, the guy, he's flying, and uh, he, he, he's going pretty, about 40 miles an hour. He runs us onto a sandbar at 40 miles an hour, right? And so, so I mean, kids on the boat, families. I mean, these little kids about fly off overboard. I mean, we're, we're holding on. It's, it's cra- it was crazy. It was a little scary. And so uh, I'm like, okay, we're good. And now all the men try to be the men. You know, we get out. We start trying to pull the boat off the sandbar. We're like, we're going to pull this thing. This thing's not budging, man. We're pushing. There's sharks swimming around us a little bit. There's little, little small sharks. And we're like, all right, let's get this thing off. Kid, people start a little panic a little bit. These two girls from New York on the boat, and they got Gucci everything on, Gucci bikinis, Gucci sunscreen, Gucci sunglasses, Gucci hair clips, everything, like, oh my God, oh my God, and, and, and like, we were on the sandbar, they start freaking out, like, oh my God, we're going to die, oh my God, and, and I'm like, and, and they just over and over, and I'm, I'm getting a little frustrated, and literally, at one point, one of the girls goes, sir, call the Coast Guard, call the Coast Guard right now. I'm like, listen, listen, we got a cooler beer. 
<laughs> we got a cooler of water. We got a whole bucket of snacks, and we can see land. I think we're going to be okay. And and I'm just, and Christians, we're always called, oh, spiritual emergency. The whole world's coming unglued. Oh, call the Coast Guard. Oh, God, what are we going to do? We are strong. We are strong. And the more, the more we cry spiritual emergency everywhere we go, we cause casualties of people freaking out, kids crying, everybody wondering. I, we've got the Holy Spirit. Jesus conquered sin, hell, and the grave. I think we're going to be okay. I think it's going to work out all right. We're a strong people. When you know God, you are strong. Ephesians 6.10, Paul said, Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Come on, our strength is in Him. Our power comes from Him. Keep going. Keep overcoming mountains. Keep taking on challenges. I know you're going into family territory. You've got peace. You've got rest. You've got blessing. We've got strength in God. I don't want to be weak. I don't want to be offended, okay? Number three, the last thing. When we know him, it says, they shall do exploits. They shall do exploits. They shall do exploits. We are doing We are doing. When you know God, you are doing. You ever hear people make that little cliche statement? Well, we're called human beings, not human doings. It's not biblical. It's not the Bible. We're human doings. Nowhere in the Bible it says we're human beings. That's not even in there. God created you and I for good works in Christ Jesus. Ephesians chapter 2. You're called more than a conqueror. He told Joshua, be courageous, be strong, be courageous, be strong. Everywhere your feet go, you shall inherit for the kingdom of God. You shall be overcoming. You shall be conquering. You are a doer. You are made to do. We we are not made to sit on yoga mats and figure out life. Come on, that's not what we're called to do. Praise God for yoga, right? But that's not, some of y'all are like, I'm an equal opportunity offender. So, okay, I, I just, all across the house. I've even offended myself today. You know what I'm saying? So, we, we are created to do. We're not called to just sit back and just meditate. Like we are called. Listen, I'm all for med- praying and meditating. I'm all for, listen, I'm all for sitting and soaking in God's presence. But the more I sit in his presence, it better, it better provoke me to serving his people. If I'm going to sit in his presence, it better provoke me to serving his people. And so we're called to serve and get on teams and plug in and outreach and give away food and take territory and preach the gospel and and bless someone and encourage someone and do. The byproduct, write this down, the byproduct of knowing Jesus is action. It's just action. We like to complicate it, don't we? We like to complicate it because we don't want to obey it. Like whenever I'm with my, with my wife and she wants me to do something, I'm like, oh, no, what is that? What is that? What do I mean? What, what do I do? Where is that? Where are those Christmas decorations? Oh, do you even know? The same place you've put them for the last six years, babe. Oh, you want me to go get them out of the attic and bring them down? Yeah, yeah. You know, there's this, <laughs> there's this action <laughs> from knowing my wife. There's this action from knowing Jesus. Daniel 11:32 in the Amplified says this. With smooth words... Of flattery and praise, this is talking about the enemy, he will turn to godlessness those who are willing to disregard the Mosaic Covenant. 
But the people who are spiritually mature and know their God will display strength and take action to resist. I think we're in a season of taking action to resist the enemy and his tactics. We're in a season to do the word. James uh, 5.22 says, Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. I, I wrote it this way. Hearing and not doing is the doorway to deception. We, we, a lot of us want transformation. Transformation does not come through information. It comes through application. And so as we apply it, as we do it, all of a sudden we begin to be changed from the inside out. And if you don't know what to do, listen to me, if you don't know what to do next, do what you know to do now. Do not use what you don't know next to be an excuse not to obey now. So whatever, you, whatever God's spoken to you last, whatever he said to you to do now, it might be go out today and take someone to eat. It might be go apologize. It might be uh, invite a pastor to come see the building. Come on, somebody. <laughs> whatever you know to do now, do now, and then God will begin to show you what to do next. We are an army, not an audience. We're not an audience. We're an army. I don't know where God's calling you to plug in and fit in and, and be built together here. But there's a place for you here. There's purpose for you here. There's a need for you here. And we're called to be the army of God. I'll end with this story, and, and then I'm going to pray for us. I want to pray for specific areas. Number one, that it, maybe it's not personal to you. Maybe you've known all about church or Christianity, and it's not really personal. Maybe today's the day you go, you know what, God, I, I need it to be personal. I need to experience you in a new level. I want it to be personal. Maybe you're not strong right now. It's okay. We all walk through seasons where I'm not strong. Maybe you've been going through some battles and you're like, man, I don't have any strength. That's why we're, we're here together. You know, and, and, and maybe, you know, you need to figure out your purpose. Like, you're not doing. Like, I'm, you're, you're just a human being right now, you know, which is awesome. But God has some doing, some purpose, some destiny, some vision, some action for you to get involved in. And, and I would say this. The point of all this, I can't remove your problems but I can give you a bigger vision to focus on and get plugged into that your problems begin to fade. There was a guy I heard about that was a paralytic, well, not a paralytic, had nerve pain. He fell off a ladder, had nerve pain all over his entire body, 90% pain all the time, all types of opioids and things he took. Literally, when he would serve someone else, he began to serve. When he would serve the community and serve others, he said that about 50 to 60% of the pain would leave his body. Literally something, literally physically, pain dissipates as we give our life into purpose. We're called to work and serve, help each other, carry each other's burdens. I think we've looked at Christianity too long. We've said it's a marathon. It's not, it's not a marathon. It's a race. But like in a marathon, you ever seen a marathon? People stand the sidelines like cheering you on, handing you a cup of water. That's not what this, we're not called to do that. Years ago, I was sprinting hills in my neighborhood. This neighbor comes out. She's at, the, at, the po she's at, her, at her mailbox. I'm sprinting this hill over in Dean Hill. She goes, you're doing so good. <laughs> and then she says this. She goes, that's a good hill. I'm like, lady, it's not a good hill, and I'm not doing good. I wish you'd shut up and run the hill with me. You know what I'm saying? I, then you'd know how I'm feeling, you know? I think, in, I think in Christianity, like, we're just like to stand on the sidelines and cheer each other on in the marriage. Like, you're doing great. No, we're called to carry each other's burdens in battle. Like, let me carry that. Let me lift that. Let me take that. Let me do. Let me function. Let me live. Let me work with you. Let me partner up. And so that's the vision of our house, to make Jesus known so that lives are transformed. 
And if we're going to make him known, we have to know him more than ever before. And I think we need to hear him today. I'm praying for you. I love you very much. I hope I didn't hurt your feelings too bad. I just want to encourage you. I want to challenge you. I want to give you a little medicine. I'll give you a little scripture. Those that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. And that's you and I. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that we're a strong people. That, Lord, we're not going to be easily offended. That even as we go into very, maybe even tough times in this Thanksgiving and Christmas season, sometimes these are the most lonely times, the most isolated times, some of the drama, some of the, some of the family issues, especially with all the divides that have happened over the last couple of years. I pray, oh God, for supernatural strength. I pray for supernatural action where our actions would go into our families and into our neighborhoods and into our homes and they would be a blessing to others, that we wouldn't pick up uh, the wrong fights. You said that we would fight the good fight. Lord, let us not fight any bad fights this holiday season. Let us not fight the wrong fights this season. Let us fight the good fight of faith. Let us be a light. Let us be a hope to the world this season. Lord, if we don't know you, if it's not personal to us, Lord, make it personal today. Lord, if we need strength, I pray anyone in this room that needs strength, Lord, empower them with strength right now, supernaturally. Holy Spirit, fill them with strength. It's going to be good. It's going to be strong. Lord, I thank you for your strength. You didn't leave us as orphans. You didn't leave us having to run these hills on our own. You didn't stand on the sidelines of our life and just cheer us on and say, you're doing great. No, you got involved. You took up a cross. You carried it. You ran a good hill called Golgotha. You took the blood and the shame and the pain of that tree on yourself. And then you gave us your Holy Spirit so you could lift our burdens and carry us into battle. Holy Spirit, empower us. Lord, as we flip on the news, as we check our phones, as we look for updates and get proximity to everything, Lord, let us get intimate and personal with you let us not compromise that personal relationship with all the other distractions and all the other things that are trying to speak to us if we're not hearing from you we're hearing from something oh god so i pray we'd hear from you today like never before help me to hear from you as as a pastor and leader help other moms and dads and businessmen and businesswomen teachers and and lawyers and leaders and 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 counselors and sons and daughters and students and help them to hear from you today, oh God. Specific and personal to their situation. And Lord, if someone in here doesn't know their purpose, I pray they would hear it from you and I pray they would join into the purpose you've given us as a church so that they could see clearly what the next steps are for their life. If you're not here, no one looking around just for a second. I can embarrass you or stand you up, but If you're in this place and you say, you know what, Pastor? I don't have a relationship with Jesus. It's not personal to me. I've never made him my savior. I've never accepted him to be my leader. I know church. I I know my family's God, but he's not really my Lord. He's not really my leader. I'm not gonna embarrass you, but if you say, you know what? I need a fresh start with God. I'm gonna ask you to put your hand up to me here in a second. If you're online and you're watching and you know it's not personal to you and you need a fresh start with God, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, if Any man be in Christ, he gets a fresh start in God. Maybe you're here today and you need a fresh start. Maybe you've backed away from God and today's the day to say, you know what, I'm going to make it personal again. It's going to be my relationship with God. I want to pray for you. You can't clean yourself up. You can't fix your life. All you can do is surrender to Jesus. He did all the heavy lifting. He took all your sin, all your shame, all your guilt. He nailed it to a tree to give you brand new life in God. If you're here, no one looking around real quick. Would you put your hand up to me? Pastor, pray for me. I need a fresh start this morning in God. I need a fresh relationship with God. Anybody in here? I need a fresh start. If you're online, just type fresh start in the chat. 
God bless you, sir. Anybody else? I need a fresh start. Awesome. God, you know our hearts. You know our needs. Lord, I pray that we would surrender today. We just surrender and say that you are God. Jesus, you are Savior. You came to this planet. You died for my sin. You died for my shame. And you rose from the dead to give me brand new life. I pray that you would fill me with life today. And give me the power to serve you the rest of my life. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, let's give God praise this morning. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I pray that you're strong for the holidays. If you're online and you need anything, let us know. If you made a fresh start, just type fresh start. We'd love to send you some material and get that in your hands. If you said yes in here to a fresh start, or you need prayer for anything, our ministry team is down here. They'd love to pray with you. They're going to hang out linger for a little bit and pray with you and then if you're a guest thanks for being here as well we've got a gift for you in our guest area a free t-shirt we'd love to put that in your hand we don't we don't pass buckets guys we give as we go every week and so we thank you for your generosity you can give at the boxes by the door online or text it in thanks again we're believing god for an amazing season have an awesome awesome week come on you are strong in jesus name Thank you for listening to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. If you would like someone to pray with you, or if you would like some ministry materials, please email us at hello at transformationchurch.us.